Con Radio, presented by Wizard World. Radio for geeks. Rangers, this is Ordor. It's time for another episode of the Canned Air Podcast. All right, it's morphin' time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture right here on Wizard World's Con Radio. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And joining us today, we have uh, sitting in for Jake, who is, where did he go again? Where is he off Nevada. to? Nevada. Nevada for a couple weeks. So uh, it's in his place. Uh, the official off-air member of Candare, Kyle Pryor. Thanks for being with us today, Kyle. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. I hope you have a lot of fun, too. <laughs> and also joining us, the co-writer... And also starring in the upcoming independent movie, uh, The Order, uh, that's currently in production. You might know him best as Zordon from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Ladies and gentlemen, David Fielding. Thanks for being back with us, David. Uh, my pleasure. It's always great to be here. we got a good show lined up for you today in our retro roundtable. We're going to be talking about, uh, well, not, not too not far too back far in back. time, but we're going to be talking <laughs> about the summer blockbusters of 2016. Those were cool. Those that really weren't that great. Then we're going to be diving into the comic dump bin and just talking about the Boom Studios Power Ranger comic that's been out, I'd say, about six months, close to six months now, and uh, maybe just a little bit uh, touching on the Power Ranger movie reboot that's coming out. Then we're going to turn our full attention over to David and talk about the order. I cannot freaking wait. (laughs) So let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. It's showtime. Okay, so summer blockbusters. Um, you want to start in February? I think it was where uh, the best movie of the well, it's one of the best movies of the year so far. I don't even know what you're talking about. Deadpool. Deadpool. Oh, boy, I didn't even have that on the list. How did I forget Deadpool? Yeah. David, Uh, I guess guess technically it it doesn't rate as a summer blockbuster. Well, yeah. I'll take it, uh, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because everything is so superhero-focused, I mean, you know, that that falls into the bin, right? I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It has to be considered in this category. I think it made the money to be considered a blockbuster, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I've never been yeah. a fan of, of the Deadpool character in the comics, but the movie itself was uh, such a fun ride. I mean, right from right from the opening credits, mm-hmm. uh, right. you know, it was just really, really fun. And Ryan Reynolds, his comic timing and his delivery is just, it's brilliant. So, yeah. Totally agreed. Like, oh, yeah. like um, Robert Downey Jr., is Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. There's no doubt about yeah. it. You couldn't get anybody else to fill that role. And I'm on the same page as you are. I was never huge on the character in the comics. I mean, they were just all kind of, you know, parody, funny things. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the movie was awesome. The movie I was awesome. enjoyed the movie more than any of the comics. that I, I read a couple of them. Yeah. And the, the movie just blew those all away. They're like, yeah. uh, what's, the, what's that comic? The Incredible Squirrel Girl kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, lighthearted... Uh, they're fun, yeah. But they don't fun. plan. They don't play in my grand scheme, you know. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? 
Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought Ryan Reynolds was a really good fit. That's how oh, I yeah. grew up watching like Van Wilder and like those oh, movies yeah. that he was in. And that's uh, I thought it was a nice step from Green Lantern. I like that he poked fun at it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. They did poke fun at it in yeah. a couple times in there. <laughs> bravo, Ryan Reynolds. Bravo. <laughs> well, as long as we're uh, talking about the good ones, we're starting with the good movies. Uh, how about Captain America: Civil War? Would we all think of that? I enjoyed the heck out of that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I did too. I'm, I'm extremely curious to hear what you think, David. Well, okay. Let me see. How, how do I how do I phrase this? Um, because uh, I got a chance to to see it again on the flight back from Paramorphicon last weekend. It was oh, one nice. of the movies. It was one of the movies they were playing on the plane, so I got to sit through it again for like the fourth or fifth time. And and I sat through uh, Batman versus Superman four times. And four um, times. Wow! I gotta give it to you, my friend. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I did that basically because I wanted to really make sure that what I was thinking and what I was feeling. Was on. I, I, to be to be honest, I, I thought the Ultimate Edition was better yes. than, the, than the version that they released into the theater. A lot better. Um, I don't. I don't think it. It, it still felt. Hmm, how do I put it? Uh, some parts of it were just very forced or or, yes. or shoe, shoehorned in there, and I thought that was uh, some very interesting choices. But I'm not, I'm not sure if they worked. And uh, I've, I've I've had a number of conversations on Facebook with. Um, some people that I actually had to like <laughs> uh, block because uh, they they get very very emotional about these films. They get very emotional about these these uh, properties and right. and you know things can can touch off. And and when I would like to try to talk about the aspects of the film, and they would you know just uh, just take a very snarky uh, tack and and not really trying to you know address right. the issues that we were talking about, which is basically, you know, why was the film, why did they make that choice in the film? You know, it's not necessarily that I hate the DCU. Um, it's just, I'm very curious as to why they're making some of the decisions they're making and why, mm-hmm. how are they, how are they, you know, why, why are they making the choices to present them in this way? Um, and now I, I saw the, the two minute, two and a half minute trailer for Justice League that came out of San Diego Comic-Con. And I really liked that. I thought that that had um, uh, a really good uh, presentation, and 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 I was really kind of curious to see how they were going to bring these guys together. Right. Uh, but Batman versus Superman, I was just like, <laughs> when I hit the five minute mark, when the when the bats started to lift. Oh <laughs> man! Yes. Uh, <laughs> when, they, when they started to lift little Bruce up out of the cave, I'm like, what are you doing? You I almost know? walked out. Me I too. almost walked out. I was so mad. I was on um, such a wire. I was walking a wire on that movie. Like I can go either way, so you better win me quick. Yeah. Well, what's what's interesting to me as a storyteller, it's like you know, I, I understand the power of a dream sequence. The dream sequence can, uh, you know, you know, push the story forward. It can, you know, give the main character an insight that he really wasn't, you know, a part of. But I think there's like six dream sequences in that movie. And there are I'm, a lot. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm very curious as to why they made those choices and. Um, like in like in Suicide Squad, there, I, I I wonder why they're making these sort of writing choices, as, you know, as, as far as the way these scripts are, are presented. Because, and and I'm not I'm not dissing them. I'm just I'm just very curious and scratching my head and go, why did they make that choice? Right. Um, oh, yeah. 
uh, but as getting back to Captain America's Civil War, uh, <laughs> a good one. I walked out of Captain America's Civil War. Uh, well, see, I walked out of Batman versus Superman feeling, uh, oh, I, I, I didn't have any fun and I felt very, you know, kind of bland. Yeah, I mm-hmm. hunched soldier, and I was just kind of like, oh man, I was, you know, I don't know what to think about that. And I walked out of Civil War, I guess a little drained, and and I'm I started to uh, over the last five or six weeks, I've really started to question whether or not I want to see another superhero movie. Oh and, wow, you mean like at all, totally? Really? Yeah, yeah, because I mean, even in Civil War, some of the reasons why they were punching each other in the face seemed very, uh, you know, if, if only they'd been able to sit down in a room and talk about it. I mean, right. Uh, and, and so, and and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I'm 53 and, uh, (laughs) things that are going on in in the real world kind of creep into the, uh, the entertainment world. And, and again, going back to these fans that, you know, do anything to make sure that the DCU is, is painted in a great light or whatever. And, and right. Like they have that, to protect it. Right. You know, that it's, it's for adults and we live in an adult world and, oh. and, you know, and, that, and so when I, when I go into these things, the, the, my main hope is that I'm going to have fun. I, I like to be entertained. I like things to, you know, to be on a grand scale and, and, and I, I want to, I want to walk out of it. Like I walked out of, ant-man and thinking man that was a, that was a fun ride i really yeah, enjoyed it yeah it's good and uh watching watching tony and steve really just beat each other bloody at the end of that was kind of uncomfortable for me because um I, I, you know because marvel has done such a good job of setting this up over the last 10 years so that by the time you get to these guys punching each other it's like your family's fighting at the thanksgiving dinner table right right you know it's, it's like oh gosh and whereas batman versus superman i'm going i don't, I don't care why you're punching each other. <laughs> yeah it's you know, it, not to it's... mention that uh, the batman and superman fight came with a safety word <laughs> martha martha <laughs> she gets too real you just say martha right and, and I, that goes back to what i said earlier about you know these interesting uh, or questionable writing choices and, you yeah. know it's like in in suicide squad why was Slipknot even there? <laughs> he just shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah. He, like, he was he there to even introduce him or anything. No, it's right. just like, oh, here's this guy. Right. Why yeah. do we care? And he was, yeah, and he was he was there just to illustrate a, a plot device. I mean, yeah. you know, he tries to escape and they blow his head off, and it's like that's such a weak choice to at least in, in my opinion he just hangs there too like they blow yeah. his head off and he's just hanging by his own wire like he's the example he's yeah. he's the character that shows they're not messing around yeah <laughs> we blew his head off and then you know and then katana shows up and and <laughs> the guy explains who she is and what her power is and everybody's like going, i don't know it, it, <laughs> Who's this? it just seemed to yeah. be very um and, and maybe i'm thinking about it the right way i mean you know no, the, think... the wrong way i mean because you know the phrase that popped in my head is it seemed very comic book, but I mean, it's a comic book movie, so yeah, you know, but how, they, how much can you really... The Suicide Squad movie was disappointing to me just because it, it strayed away from the what the comic did. It, um, you know, it made the villains into heroes, where in the comic, you know, they get let out, trying to be led on this path to do good, but they, you know, go on their own agenda, and then Batman has to come in and clean up the whole mess. And Joker gets let out and makes an even bigger mess. And, you know, th- this just made him... We're heroes now. I, I don't know. El Diablo was about the, the truest one from the comic that I've read. Because he was 
he was on that edge where he didn't want to do bad anymore. Yeah. It just feels like it was the movie was made by somebody who'd be cosplaying as like the new Harley at a, <laughs> at a con or something. You know, their, their love is just. Uh, uh, it's hard to explain. I don't know. I just feel like this movie was aimed at Harley fans, just totally. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like was. when it shows their lineup, like she's up front and center. She's like the least threatening <laughs> one of them all. She, yeah, she's good looking, but come on. Yeah. Well, I, I, th- I think it's interesting that uh, that the WB or you know Warner Brothers and Sony and uh, whoever else ha- owns these superhero properties. Um, uh, I, I think a lot of the people that are that are sort of like got their got their fingers into the process of, about making it are not they're not comic book fans. They're no. uh, they're Business movie exe- yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're movie executives and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, there were there were lots of grumblings about when you know they released the news that they were going to go back and do some reshoots and try to lighten the tone, and because of the the backlash for Batman versus Superman, and you know, because I what was interesting, I, I went to saw uh, I went to see Suicide Squad the Thursday before it officially opened on a Friday, and uh, the audience was there, and there was a lot of buzz going in, a lot of people you know were waiting to see it, and a lot of you know a lot of chitter and chatter in the audience and stuff and then the film started and the first time that margot robbie comes on the screen there was one big huge whoop cat call from some guy in the back that that caused a you know <laughs> um a ripple of laughter and and then after that everybody's just, just kind of sat there and right. even even some of the jokes and stuff didn't really get a lot of of laughter everybody just kind of watched and then we got to the end and uh, there's the tag scene with with Bruce Wayne and Amanda Waller at the table, and then then lights come up, and everybody kind of got up and filed out of the audience. <laughs> That's and, horrible. That was yeah. pretty much how my showing went too. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, too. there wasn't there wasn't a lot of uh, discussion and stuff, and so um, you know, and I went home and I went home and I thought about it and and was you know, I mean. Personally, I, I thought that the the visual effects department, the the end sequence with the Enchantress, I thought that was awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the way she was presented and the way that the the actress, you know, made her move and the you know the very primal, uh, almost Crow Magnon way she was, you know, crawling around there at the end before you know they they killed her or, or crushed right. her heart. I thought that was that was great. That was that was visually arresting and and very. Uh, fun but i mean there there seemed to be a lot of choices that were made you know i, I don't understand i mean if, yeah. if everything if everything is going to be adult why does everything that's adult happen at night and in the rain it's, <laughs> so the little ones can't see that's why <laughs> the joker seemed very single-minded to me oh yeah and yeah. that's very interesting because for for the most part my my impression of the joker is that he is not single-minded at all hey, yeah <laughs> but a complex creature exactly does there's a lot whatever. of stuff going on usually in there you read the internet you see all these stories of, of you know how jared leto was disappointed that all you know most of his shots ended up on the cutting room floor that there was enough footage of the joker to make an incomplete joker movie and because i'm not that familiar with the comic book i was just looking at the movie itself i wasn't like looking at the run of the comic or whatever uh right to me the the story seemed to be told in a very disjointed manner but uh, i've been told that that's how the comic book is as well that it's you know it it jumps around and and all that kind of stuff so you know i I can forgive the film you know for that i mean going into these films uh if you're not a comic book fan and, and you're just going to go see a movie you know maybe those people can get very confused very quickly yeah. Um, because things happen that way, but 
No, I see what you mean. Exactly. And I think another big problem that these DC movies encounter is the amount of marketing they shove down your throat. I mean, Batman versus Superman, okay, I expect an extremely high level of marketing because you see, you know, people have been waiting on that ever since Frank Miller's, you know, Dark Knight Returns. Uh But, um, you know, Suicide Squad, they've, I mean, wasn't it 2015 Comic-Con they debuted the full-length first trailer? I mean, they were pumping that for a good yeah. year. Yeah. Easy. So when yeah. you have something that's getting that much marketing and that much in your face, it better be good. You know, <laughs> we, we we the bar has been set pretty high. Don't you better deliver? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, people were were, were uh, cheering that you know it, it dominated the box office for the, the opening weekend, or or it dominated you know its first three weeks out. I'm like going, well, that's that's great. I mean, you know, financial success doesn't always make it a great movie. Yeah, that's I mean, curiosity right. is what it is. Yeah, right. Everyone. You know, so people are buying tickets because they they want to see what's going on in the show. And then, I mean, you, I guess you could like debate about this all all day long about you know you know is is Warner Brothers really trying to catch up to Marvel's uh, financial status as fast as possible? And it's like maybe you guys should just you know do a good story. Exactly. Yeah. That's where they're. That's what they're overlooking and just looking at numbers and how can we make more money and keep up with Marvel. I mean, you know, personally, I, th- I think Civil War is. Uh, it's a great movie and it has some some great tentpole moments, but uh, um, I, I think there were some missteps in there too. Like, um, oh yeah, they've they've done a really good job so far of like you know some of these villains that they've had. They kind of hint at their comic book origins, like. Um, in Winter Soldier, Batrock, uh, he, he didn't look like Batrock from the comics, but they had hints of there. You know, his his outfit was maroon and orange. So right. Say, oh, oh, you know. And I was really hoping at some point we would get the purple Zemo mask. You know, and just just you know when he stepped out of the the vehicle in Siberia, if he had just pulled it off, if we just seen him from the back and he had the purple ski mask on and he pulled it off, it'd have been like there it is. That's that would have worked that's really right. well. <laughs> right. You know, Keeping that big name villain, and then all he was was just a little plot point too, pretty much. Yeah. Right. Right, and 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 his reasons for for trying to do it were kind of uh, it wasn't grand, I guess it was it was just yeah. very sort of uh, mediocre. It's it's hard to talk about uh, you know a character who loses his family as his motivations being weak, but um, <laughs> there's not much thought behind the writing process of that. At the same time, though, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, yeah I, again, it was it was. Fruit. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of heroes punching heroes. Uh, and and I, I think maybe that's, you know, because I'm 53, I'm an old guy. I've, you know, I, I like my four, kilo, four color heroes and I like my, you know, my villains and stuff like that. But sure. um, I really kind of stopped reading comic books in the in the late 80s and early 90s. And, you know, I, I'll pick them up every now and then and, and read collections and graphic novels. But I really stopped reading comic books when... Um, Characters like Cable and um, when when the heroes started picking up guns to shoot people, I, I really kind of right. It, it kind of turned for me, I guess, at that point. And, and you know, when you when you when you try to talk about these things with a with a younger audience, you know, there's the whole well, I've got to school this old fool because he doesn't understand comics anymore. And it I it, it I don't think it's about comics per se. It's it's about you know how how I perceive the world, I guess, but, but sure. hey, I don't want to get all philosophical, but <laughs> let's, let's just talk about cool things. No. No. 
No, I'm, I'm right there with you. And, you know, sitting here saying all this stuff, I re- like you said, I really enjoyed Civil War. I thought it was a good movie. And even Batman vs. Superman, I enjoyed. Way too much in it. Um, uh-huh. And jumping around too fast-paced, just trying to cover way too much ground in a short amount of time. But, but yeah, the Suicide Squad was definitely the stinker of the three, three for me. The ultimate edition of Batman v Superman was, was way better. I need it, to watch that. It flowed a lot better, that's I thought. That's what I've been hearing. I remember yeah. you saying how good that was, so... Yeah. Uh, I do need to see that. After walking out, just like, ugh, I couldn't, I had nothing to say about it. And then watching it, it made more sense. It flowed better. Yeah. Saw Ben Affleck's naked butt. If well, that, hey, if that if was a selling point. Then what is? <laughs> I thought he, Ben Affleck was a fantastic Batman. Yeah. I mean, with all the speculation going into it, if, you know, all the dogging he got, he was great as Batman. I liked him even more after seeing him at the end of Suicide Squad, too. Yeah. I don't I don't like how he had guns and stuff. I mean, there was yeah. a lot of scenes he yeah. was using guns and just doing, even in this movie, doing things that in Suicide Squad that Batman's not supposed to be doing. Just don't know if they're trying to introduce, you know, the next level Batman for, you know, the next generation. Dark, but yeah, edgy, I'm getting old Punisher, and tired of this crap. Yeah, Batman. yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm <laughs> still stuck in my animated series, Batman. You know, I, that's hey, it's it's an adult world. You need to grow up. It's an adult world. <laughs> grow up and get guns. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, what was the one animated short I saw? It was um, I think it was the Flashpoint Paradox, where uh, he goes into a universe where Bruce dies instead of his parents. Oh, yeah. and his dad becomes like Batman yeah, with yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah. His mom becomes the Joker. That was good. Yeah, I saw the picture of Batman with the guns, and I was like, wait a second, I got to look into this. So I watched it. And I was like, holy crap! Yeah. Like, could you Imagine if Batman had guns. And his the, the thing that struck me about that Batman was probably the least, the most significant detail was just the bat symbol on his chest. Instead yeah. of like the oval yellow behind it, just a solid mm. red circle behind that mm, bat. That's and right. it just in that small change of the detail um, creates so says much so much. Yeah, glowy about red the eyes too. Yeah. He did, didn't yeah. he? Did he look like claws and stuff on his gloves? Mm, yeah, maybe? it was so evil. Yeah, terrifying. He was wicked. I liked him. I like it. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think that uh, that's a good sum up of the summer uh, stink busters. I guess we should call well, them. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, me going me going into Suicide Squad. You know, I'm sure. sort of like I was. Uh, I, again, you know, I, I'm sort of like, like like you. I'm like I'm not sure we should turn villains into good guys. Right. I'm not. I'm not sure what kind of message that sends mm-hmm. um, uh, to to audiences or to you know the the 12 or 13 year old that actually sits through it and and says oh well you know it's it's cool to break windows and steal stuff or to you know, to shoot people <laughs> as and, long as you do the right thing in the end <laughs> right, right yeah that, that's just my point it's like i'm i'm really not a fan of of making the bad guy into a good guy no and it's going to be interesting now to see with the backlash from this movie what they decide to do with the harley quinn movie um, you if know, they if, even go for if they move. Oh, forward they'll go with forward it. with it. I mean, oh, it's just fan service at that point. Exactly. We want Harley. Here's Harley. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, the Suicide Squad did do good, but like David was mentioning, it's not just because it did good in the box office doesn't mean it's a good movie. Right. It's curiosity. People want to see what the show's about, and that's where that same thing with the first Ninja Turtle movie that Michael Bay did. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I I like it because the turtles are my boys. I love those guys. I'll, I enjoy always it. will. Yeah. Plenty of evidence around this room to support that, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting there. Uh, one th- one thing that's funny, I want I almost forgot to mention before we end this segment. I was talking to you about it. 
just a few days ago on television, a commercial break. I think we were watching City Slickers. It was it was on. That's a good movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, age one thing. What's that? One thing. Finger. Oh yeah. <laughs> Your finger. Uh, I, this was actually Legend of Curly's Gold with John Lovett ah. him playing the sad sack the whole time. Yeah. And anyway, I'm getting off point again. <laughs> a commercial came on for Suicide Squad, and mm. it simply says, uh, Harley says, uh, "You seeing this?" Like a clip from the movie, and it's like, "Awesome movie, ten out of ten. You know, all these reviews popping up on the screen. Well, the commercial ends, and me and Brooke kind of look at each other like, "There's no way." So you know, we back the TV up, back the DVR up. And we start looking at, you know, who who's given this 10 out of 10? And there's a Twitter handle there, which I'm not going to divulge. I'm not going to say. I don't want to, you know. I'm going to blow his Twitter handle up. Right. The place. But um, I checked this guy out. And as far as I can tell, I mean, he's just some random dude. He's got about 200 followers. Um, and he's following about 200 people. And I don't know why I should take his 10, 10, 10 out of 10, 10. you know, as creditable um you know, this isn't Siskel and Ebert here, you know? I, I trusted those guys. I don't, I don't trust some random Twitter guy. I mean, well, Rando liked it. I'm going to go watch this movie. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I think, I think you know, that maybe they threw that up there because they wanted to say, hey, it appeals to the common guy, you know, to the, to the, to the common comic book fan. But, well, that's true. Yeah. You know, but well, don't you know, I at feel some like point... <laughs> At some point, you do want some legitimate film criticism as far as, yeah. you know, structure, story, pacing, you know, lighting. All, all the things that go into, you know, creating uh, a film need to be looked at rather than just a bunch of guys going, uh, you know, we love Killer Croc. That was right. awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you, you have to be able to look at it objectively. You can't just, you know, run around and wave a flag and say we're the best. I, I guess. Right. I don't know. Right. Well, it's in the same vein that, like... Uh I mean, if you get right down to it from this person's perspective, if there's a request like, hey, you know, submit your review of the movie and you could have it on TV. Right. Even right, if it's right. a crappy movie, he's probably going to write something good. So, hey, Ma, hey, yeah. I'm on TV, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, I regress on that note. Anyway, let's move past this. That was a lot of fun uh, dissecting those movies. It's a long time coming, I think. Yeah. Long time yeah. coming, but I'm glad we did. So um, let's move right along into the comic dump bin and talk about the Power Rangers Boom Studio comic that's been out first, and then we'll touch a little bit on the movie uh, rumors. Not that there's a whole lot to touch on there, but uh, David, you mentioned you have been uh, checking in on the Boom Studios comic. What was your opinion of it? Uh, I think I think the the uh, I got a chance to to talk to a couple of the boom guys at, at Power Marficon and they're um, I, I I think what they're doing with it is fantastic. They they've got some really great art and the stories are really good and uh, or the the issues are, are really good from issue to issue and and I really I really think they've captured that sort of um, uh, teenagers in crisis and also trying to deal with the fact that they're they're superheroes and and um, the the panels really show how big everything is and oh yeah and, that's for sure they did. Um, yeah for sure uh, you know there's that real sort of nice little conflict for for Tommy's character about you know you know these voices in his head and you know is he going to follow his heart or is he going to follow you know the, the lure to power and all that kind of thing I, I think they're doing a really really good job all the variant covers are just fantastic I think they're just oh for sure you know, yeah. yeah really 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 good this this comic book has been a favorite of mine since it's been out just because it's 
like you're saying, you get to see the magnitude of thing. Like you actually get to watch the Dragon's Lord walk out of the wash, you mm-hmm. know, the ocean, and you know, you see like a cruise liner just so tiny and insignificant mm. next to him as he's coming out of the water. That's just an example, but you get to see a lot of the. Um, I guess like emotional conflict that these characters are dealing with that you didn't get out yeah. of the show. You know, it's yeah. so much deeper into the psyche of these characters. They it's, actually have homes <clears throat> instead of sitting at the juice bar. And right, but you know, you see center. their insecurities and stuff, yeah. which I guess they occasionally touched on in the show, but not to this not, level. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, what's the matter? Oh, I got this problem. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go down to Ernie's and have some juice. Rangers. You know? yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I really like about it is that uh, I, I was having a conversation with with uh, a friend online about uh, all the stuff that we talked about before, uh, you know, the you know, DC versus Marvel and that stuff. And, sure. and, you know, how one of them seems to be, you know, always phrased under the umbrella of being an adult and it's dark and gritty. And, and the other one is, is too cartoony and it's too for kids. And, and I think the comic books for, you know, for the, the Power Ranger comic books from Boom, they, they're very colorful. They're very bright. Yes. And, and, uh, but the, the storylines are still in that, you know, a, a kind of adult, you know, grown up kind of way of telling it. So, you know, I think there is a way to do because when I was talking with my friend about it, he goes, you yeah, know, we, we need some brighter heroes. That's what really strikes me about this comic is that, you know, it's 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 full of color. It's, it's vibrant, but it, it's still, you know, kind of grown up. So, exactly. you know, there's, there's a way to tell stories that way, but still have color and, and, and vibrancy to them. It's a, it's a bright, new, fun story for a new generation who doesn't know, you know, the original Power Rangers. And for those yeah. of us who do, <laughs> just embellishing the universe we already love so much. Mm-hmm. So um, I love it. One thing that really stands out in this book for me, in the uh, in the show, the, what was it, the Green with Evil series mm-hmm. that came around when they introduced the Tommy Oliver character. What an awesome miniseries that was, yeah, by was. the way. <laughs> I had it on VHS. <laughs> I did. <laughs> But um, <clears throat> after that series, Tommy was pretty much the new leader for the most part. Yeah. You know, yeah. he became the forefront of the show. And I wasn't, though I liked him, I loved the character. Again, look behind me here on the mm-hmm. toy shelf, white and green ranger up there. <laughs> but um, I hated how Jason was just pushed to the side because I felt, you know, he was a good leader. And they pay tribute to that in this book. There's a time where... Um, you know, Tommy just rushes onto the battlefield, makes his own call without uh, consulting the team. And though they may have won the day, I think there was, I don't remember the outcome of the fight. Like big collateral damage or something. Exactly. Like everybody. But Tommy froze and Jason yeah. was trying to get him to, to do something and he was just froze right. there. And then it caused yeah. problems. And, and then, yeah, the Pink Ranger had to come and save the day at the end. Yeah, exactly. And I love how, um, you know, the rest of the Rangers and Zordon are like, you know, we know you are new to the team and you have these great powers, but you need to keep in mind that Jason's the leader. He was chosen as the leader for a reason. Yeah. And um, that just resonated so well with me. <laughs> that was a, a key factor in me loving these comics. But Was Tommy always just the new kid? Because I want to say that he just showed up out of nowhere. But in the comics, he actually... Uh, what, they say he came from the East Coast or something like that? Something like that, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, he... Did conveniently show up it, when that it, Green it just Ranger like, did. Yeah, when the Green Ranger showed up, it was like he, like Rita made him and plopped him down there at the new school as a new kid. But this is actually more like he's got more of a backstory. He moved in and 
Yeah, and this issue right here, issue five, I don't know if you guys have read it yet, but it kind of <laughs> delves deeper into the, that exactly ah, what you're talking about. Far, so, okay. gotcha. Yeah, a great, great series. I cannot wait to see uh, what they come up with next, if they introduce, like, Lord Zed or something. But right. The putties, when they were fighting uh, Tommy, when they were just kind of mushing into him, turning into... Like a big ball of mud that was just keeping. Oh them yeah, keep that them was really cool. Yeah, they yeah. keep. They're actually a little bit stronger. I mean, even though I know the TV, they were just guys dancing around. Yeah, dancing. yeah but <laughs> still, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, again, the magnitude. I was th- just thinking of that issue we were talking about before we started, where uh, Tommy jumps off of uh, the pterodactyl. Yeah. Uh, Z- Zord and dive straight through the eye. You know, you w- that's something you wouldn't think possible. One, that's something they couldn't make happen in the like, show. Yeah. With, you know, that they can do on this canvas. It's just brilliant. I love it. When well, Kimberly was driving, flying to the the uh, the bridge to catch the cars that were falling, and it showed the cars on the back of the pterodactyl. That thing was right. humongous. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What about you, Kyle's? Any standout um, moments for you? or? Yeah, that's, I mean, just going in, I obviously don't have too much knowledge compared to you guys sure. since I watched these when I lived in Arizona. <laughs> I was a little kid. I watched Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. You didn't um, watch it this morning with a bowl of cereal? <laughs> Come on. I wasn't even awake this morning. Oh, that's right. You slept till noon. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just reading these. I mean, it kind of just brought everything back to life and just yeah. kind of like uh, looking back at all these characters. I mean, it was really cool. Um, sure. The one thing that stood out to me was just, like, the magnitude, like, the size of mm-hmm. everything. Like, they, they go to fight, like, the first monster, and everything is huge. Yeah, you don't, you're not seeing just, like, the thigh-high cardboard buildings, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, the side-scrolling fight scenes. You're getting... You get, like, this huge fight, yeah. like, just on this massive scale. But that's... I thought it was really cool also that, like, when I was a little kid, you know, I never thought about, like, them as people. I'm just like, oh, I want to be a Power Ranger. Like, yeah. I want to go do all this stuff. And then you get to see them, like, as teenagers at school, and you're just like... Oh man, that would suck. Like all this stuff I have to do, plus I have a secret Power Ranger identity. Yeah, yeah. Like no wonder this kid's not sleeping. I gotta save the world and write an essay. You yeah, know? <laughs> I can barely write an essay. Yeah, I, I just really like the fact that they that they treat Rita with a little bit more uh, uh, weight. I mean, she she seems much more insidious. In oh, absolutely. Than, yeah. than the sh- the show. So I mean, that, that's great. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. They do treat her with much more uh, serious, and she seems a bit uh, more wicked herself. More mm-hmm. than just that, yeah. you know that laugh, and I don't know. Every episode had a very uh, had a formula to it, I guess. Oh uh, yeah, pretty much. Casual laughing at the juice bar, the the you know plot from the protagonist, and then there you go. Well, that's like I was cut telling... to Rita looking out the moon out of the telescope. To All her eyes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Well, that's like I was telling Jeremy uh, before we started. Like, I felt like when I was a kid watching the show, the shows were aimed more towards kids. But then you read the comic, and it's like, oh, like adults yeah. are going to understand this a lot more than kids are. In the same vein that the new Ninja Turtles uh, cartoon on Nickelodeon was made, they encompass everybody—the new mm-hmm. fans, the old fans, and everyone in between. Uh, and this does it so well. If this could be made into a show too. Well, I guess we got the movie, though, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, what have we heard about that? I mean, other than, you know, they've shown who the Rangers are going to be. I don't know any of them. You guys? I don't know. I don't know them either. No. No. Um, And then Rita Repulsa being played by who again? Oh, I can't remember her name. Elizabeth Banks. Banks. Elizabeth Banks. She's a looker, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Zordon being played 
Oh, yes, the old Navy commercials, yes. <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> Zordon being played by uh, Cranston. Help me, help Brian. me. Brian Cranston. What an honor that must be for you, David. It, it you know, it, when I heard that, I was like going, oh, wow. Uh, they actually treating, treating the character with some sort of, uh, you know, uh, gravitas. I mean, you know, the, some seriousness that they got somebody of of uh, Brian's caliber to, to, um, to do it. I mean, Brian's got a history of, with the show, so... Right. Um, I'm pretty sure when they when they approach him with it, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." But yeah, I thought it was great. I'm I'm just very curious to see how they how they present him in the film. Um, yeah, because there were there were some rumors flying around last year or a year and a half ago where uh, some scoop site from South America had read the script or something like that, and it was supposed to be showing Zordon as the as the original Red Ranger fighting on Eltar, and that's. That's how it all starts. So I, I don't know if wow, they're going to keep really? up with that. That's what I had hmm. heard too. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be more of the origin of. Uh, right. See that that's going to cancel out the uh, Zordon of Eltar movie. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> <Thing. Yeah. laughs> um, so yeah, I'd be curious to see because uh, we were at Power Morphicon a week ago or a week and a half ago, and we were very surprised that they didn't show up with like a teaser or anything. That seems um, surprising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because it that that. That convention's really sort of Saban sanctioned, and, and but I mean they they did introduce the new seasons cast, so I think I think they're kind of keeping that TV oriented and keeping the movie separate for some reason or other. So um, hmm. I, I, it really seems like they're trying to rebrand it and keep you know move away from the association with the TV show and just start it for a new generation. So sure, hmm. I, I know you and I have discussed this via email, but I, I so think Cranston's going to reach out to you. I so think he's <laughs> going to. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, like like I tell everybody, you know, my chances of meeting him have now just jumped up over fifty percent. So, you know, oh, you're going to meet him, no doubt about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I bet my life on it. But uh, yeah, how, what how awesome, man! Congratulations. Yeah, I to mean, you. Uh, I was I was trying to think back when when we were going to the recording studio to do voices. Uh, if I had passed him in the hall or at some point, but I, I don't think so. I mean, we were generally scheduled one at a time. Um, when we were recording voices, so um, we might have been in the same building at some point, but <laughs> <laughs> closer than I've ever been. Yeah, very true, <laughs> very true. I'm excited to see it again for uh, one thing we keep touching on the magnitude to see it on the big screen. There have oh, yeah. been uh, there's been a picture, and I don't even know if it's an official picture of the Megazord. It's been out for a few years. You know what I'm talking about? I don't think I've seen that. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think oh, I know. it looks so awesome. There hasn't been a single Megazord that has appealed to me like that first one did. <laughs> Even the second gen one, like when it uh, became the dragon and all the second animals, it mm-hmm. was still cool. But that first one was just so awesome. That <laughs> was cool seeing it in the in the comic. Yeah, and I hope in the movie, you know, they changed up the way Rita looks. They've uh, kind of tweaked the. Power Ranger suits and the more of a, like you were saying, like an Iron Man ish yeah, look. So it'd be interesting to see what they do to the Megazord. It'll be more sleek, I'm yeah. sure, instead oh, of being sure. big and, and boxy as it was. Oh. It's a big circle. It's going to be cool. <laughs> it's going to be cool. I just hope the fight scene happens during the day and not in, <laughs> not in the not rainy in night. Not like a Pacific Rim type thing. In, yeah. the in the ocean. Yeah. Come yeah. on. I want, I want details. I want to see this <laughs> play out. Very cool. Um, it's funny, me and my uh, girlfriend were talking about this, and one thing she had suggested, since Brian Cranston is uh, going to be playing your old role, you should uh, probably try playing Heisenberg in a, in a remake of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I would find that oh, really awesome. 
I'd watch it. <laughs> I, I, I just want to hear Brian Cranston say, Rita, I am the danger. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. I mean, you've seen all kinds of um, things on the internet of people putting Cranston's head in the blue tube. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we haven't seen the other way around. Maybe need, Candare needs to start oh, that. Maybe do one of those, yeah. Yeah, maybe we will. <laughs> With your permission, of course, David. Oh, certainly. <laughs> he sounds unsure, but I got a yes. I'm going to roll with glasses in the hat. <laughs> Verbal contract. <laughs> it's on tape. You can't back out now. All right. Okay. <laughs> Anything else, guys, before we move past this? No, I want to read those other two issues. Yeah, I strongly recommend it. Get in on the series if you're not uh, already in there. It's fantastic. I haven't tried the micro series yet. Like, I know Pink Ranger has one. I don't know if anyone else does. That's all I saw in there. I yeah, that's all I saw was Pink Ranger. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, the, the other thing about the comic that I love is is the whole bulk and skull thing that that they have. The <laughs> oh, tag. that's right. Yeah. yeah the... those, to me, those those guys were always the heart and soul of the show, anyway. So I mean, it, it's great that that those characters are still being included and everything. So I think that's that's fantastic. And those guys uh, show up to Power Morphicon too. Oh uh, right? yeah, uh, Paul, those, Paulie and you know, Jason are some really really great guys. That's awesome. I, I always liked him just because that's you, you never really get that with like a hero movie. You never get to see it from like the fan perspective, and you're always just following whoever the protagonist is. Right. But then that's like the real world. Like, oh, this is what happened. This is what we think. <laughs> yeah. What do you right. think? Right. I in the main run of the show, I was never big on them. They just Mm-mm. seemed to come in, stumble around, knock stuff over. But later <laughs> in the series, I later found out. You know, he they both start playing much bigger. Uh, roles in the series more of when uh, you know like Lord Zed and Rita had been made they start helping out a little bit more and stuff. well Lord Zed and Rita had been I don't know the show had been dulled down because all the complaints it was too dark with Lord Zed mm. so they they turned <laughs> Zed and Rita into kind of like comedic sidekicks and I don't remember who the other bad guy was that came in maybe that robot looking thing uh, Mondo uh, Mondo that's yeah. what it was yes it seemed like Balkan Skull got much bigger roles well, in I mean, his, uh, uh, later episodes. Aside from uh, Billy, the character of Billy, who has this uh, amazing character arc where he starts off as like you know the, the bumbling nerd character and, and ends up and oh, yeah. ends up being really sort of like uh, coming into his own power. I mean, the Balkan Skull have have a have a very similar arc where they start off as these you know um, kind of. Uh, bumbling, despicable characters, but by the end of it, they're really—they're in the thick of it too. Their 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 heroic qualities come out. So it, you know, it's it's nice that they do that. Yeah, and they they had like a general want to help people too, and they didn't they become like security guards, yeah, or yeah, cops or yeah, something they did. That's right. Yeah, something. Yeah. So it was cool to see their characters take that uh, turn into something more substantial. I almost forgot in the comic, Billy—he wasn't as much of the a nerd, I guess. He he was smart. And real tech savvy, but he wasn't like the over over. He didn't nerdy have his bibs on, is what you're saying. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> no overalls thing. <laughs> no overalls. <laughs> no, but he was always uh, my favorite in the back in the day. I always gravitated to the Blue Ranger. The, the Triceratops Zord looked awesome. Mm-hmm. When he'd explain something tech wise, it was Ooh. always too nerd word wordy nerd wordy. I guess. Yeah. It was just over the top, but in the comic, it's not. It's dulled down a lot. He, yeah. you know, he's just real smart. One thing that they've left out of the comic thus far that I'm very glad they've left out, and I never understood exactly why they left it in the show, was Billy's flying uh, VW bu- uh, bug car. <laughs> like, I, I never quite I got that one, but uh, uh, 
yeah, I'm glad they left that detail behind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great, great series. Strongly recommend jumping in on that one. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers from Boom Studios. All right. Anything else, guys, before we move on? No, I think, no, I think that's it for me. Let's just turn our full attention over to David and talk about the order. I want to thank you again for coming back, David. Oh, yeah. Why do you laugh like that? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I, I had said earlier in the broadcast about you know me me really getting tired of uh, watching these films about people punching in each other in the face, and yet the order is really kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of about all that. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, being very hypocritical myself. <laughs> Well, you know what? This this movie is fantastic, and I've just within the past few days uh, got the full scope of it. I had heard of it, and uh, I did not know you were a you know co-creator, co-writer of it, which is awesome. I've read some of your work, and you know it's great. So I cannot wait to see this. But what makes this great too is that it's all the Rangers through these cons and conventions have, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, all of you guys have, like, formed this bond, and it's through this bond at these conventions that this project came to light, right? Uh, correct. I mean, um, it's really all due to, to Karen Ashley. Karen is the um, is really the, the force behind everything. She's been wanting to try to do something for five or six, seven years, try to get everybody together, because the fans are always asking, when are you guys going to do another movie? When are you guys going to get together and do these things? And, and you know, at, at conventions, you can only see, you know, two or three, maybe four of us at a time. And, um, you know, and at Power Morphicon is the big one where you can see, like, you know, 19 of us at a time, or, or, or Ranger Stop is the same way. But uh, so for, like, five, seven years, uh, you know, she's been, you know, trying to get everybody together. And... Over those years, uh, various other rangers have been have been approached about you know participating in a project or or they've been given scripts and and for one reason or other it just didn't work out either the script wasn't good or the or the you know the the money part of it never came through or or whatever and um, uh, last last April I think it was uh, Austin and St John and I. Uh, had been at a number of conventions together and, and Austin had uh, known that I was a writer and he, he had been bouncing some ideas off me about some projects that he was thinking about doing. And so we had traded some emails back and forth about story ideas and characters and stuff. And, and then um, because Austin is very busy, it just kind of like fell by the wayside and nothing, nothing really came of it. And um, um, then August of last year, um, uh, Karen uh, emailed me and said that she had been talking to Austin. Austin recommended me uh, as far as like she wanted to uh, work on a script together. I said, okay, great. And, and we started trading some ideas back and forth. Um, and um, it, it came together very quickly um, from our initial conversations and, and our uh, relationship that we built as far as like being was very very collaborative there was a lot of back and forth there was a lot of um uh taking each of the right ideas and running with them and and by the end of october last year we had a first draft of the script together and so uh karen really started to uh put her boots to the ground to try to get things working and um she had gathered some producing partners and, and started making some inquiries about investors and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, February of last of this year, February of this year, she had uh, sent out the word to a number of people that that 
uh, you see in the in the sizzle trailer, uh, saying, "Hey, would you mind meeting me at Nakia's house? I, there's something I want to talk to you about." And uh, she had done it very sort of uh, <laughs> uh, secretively because nobody knew who all was going to be there. They all showed up one at a time, and they were very surprised to see how many people were there. And um, and then Karen. Had, uh, you know, laid out the project to them and uh, asked if they would be willing to sign an NDA, and and then you know she was going to you know turn the script over to them, and so they could read it. And I, I was very nervous because it was the first time you know that that any of these guys had seen any of our writing, and so I was I was you know a little worried about how they would perceive that, and was very was very grateful that you know once you know the feedback came back and they all loved it, they all thought it was great, and um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And then the next thing you know, uh, early April, and all of us are in LA together and shooting, uh, you know, this little sizzle trailer, this proof of concept thing, and you know, seeing sixteen rangers fight each other in a in, <laughs> in, in a warehouse setting is like, you know, that that had to be some sort of Guinness World Book moment. It's like, you know, you don't, you know, <laughs> not only do you get these guys together in one room, but they're all battling one another, and I don't think anybody's ever seen that before. So, I mean, it's, um, I think that that's that's very appealing to the fans. So. Well, you got that right. I was going to say, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. I cannot wait for that. Um, And I've seen it described as a few different, uh, in a few different ways online. One is like Power Rangers Civil War, (laughs) because uh, they all turn on each other. And I've also seen it uh, referred to as like Power Rangers uh, Expendables, which, boy, that one right there really gave me a tingly feeling inside because I love the Expendables. Those are good movies, yeah. yeah. And I love the Power Rangers, so put them together, and hey, <laughs> there you go. Two great tastes that taste oh, great together. That's for you, Jake, if you're listening. <laughs> well, yeah, when Karen and I were first starting to talk about it, uh, the, the original idea we had, or uh, that, that Karen had suggested, was much more of an Ocean's Eleven type thing where these guys would get together, and it was a little bit more... Uh, lighthearted and they were doing this big huge elaborate heist and then uh, at some point we had a number of conversations where it shifted and it it did become much more of a fast and furious expendables type film and i I think that's that that served us well because i think that's what the fans and and i think uh well when when did that dark power rangers thing came out that that uh joseph yeah yeah with james vanderbeek uh you know i yeah, the Dawson like was two a, years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah uh, there were a lot of fans that were like, "This is fantastic! I hope the new movie is going to be like that." And so, so there is that appeal. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we're going to have a lot of nighttime and rain in ours, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is it is very much more of a, um, a grown up uh, action film. Uh, you know, it, it, there's no spandex. There's not a lot of bright colors and stuff, but. Um, uh, it, it just balls to the wall action. Yeah, yeah. And, like. and it's it's all the faces that the fans know and, and you know, uh, what Karen and I really tried to do in the script is to try to uh, turn things on their heads for some of these uh, actors and to give them something um, that they normally aren't known for or, or, you know, to give them a chance to stretch their acting muscles and say, okay, I want, you know, I'm going to play a bad guy in this one. And, right. um, and, and that's always a challenge. And, um, uh, as an actor, you want to you want to be able to you know play a, a wide range of roles. And so when somebody comes to you and say, "Hey, you know, we have this villain role. Would you mind doing that?" And you're like, 
And a lot of people were like, I would love to do that. So, yeah. So all the Rangers that are in it, I, I mean, I also, obviously we know, uh, you know, Austin St. John, he's in the front of the uh, lineup there. And it's so awesome to see him back up there. Yeah, I can't even tell you what that's like. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. But uh, seeing David Yost, like, in that trailer, like roll and then throw a grenade mm-hmm. again, not typical, but man, so uh, satisfying, you know, uh, Walter Jones, also Steve Cardenas, just to name a few, who else uh, do we have in this movie? Uh, Nakia Boris, Catherine Sutherland, uh, Hillary Shepard's in it. Um, uh, who else is there? Azim Rizik, um, uh, Polly Schreier, uh, who played uh, Bulk. We have Jason Narvey, who played Skull. He's in it, although he wasn't in, in oh, he, he wasn't in the Sizzle trailer. Um, Blake Foster, Steve Cardenas, uh, Johnny Young Bosch, Karen Ashley, oh Deborah Phillips, and uh, Allison Sullivan. What about uh, Barbara Goodson? Was she in that? Uh, well, I thought I saw her in the trailer for a quick second. Uh, she wasn't there when we shot, but Karen and I had been talking to her about uh, bringing her uh, into it. She, because uh, the the main storyline is that the, the Order is this sort of uh, shadow ops organization that uh, operates without any sort of government supervision. And they just, they just globe hop trying to go to these places to try to um, maintain balance so that the, uh, that the world doesn't completely flip over into chaos and uh, there's an incident that happens that splits the team down the middle and so you have these elite of the elite fighting each other and so you're not really sure who's going to come out on top because they're they're also evenly matched and uh, uh, the organization that that oversees the the order is has its has its gray areas and and their motives are, are questionable so um, there you know there's a good chance you might see Barbara in, in that part so. here's the question then. I know it's in production right now. When do we get to when do we get to see this movie? Um, well, uh, I'm not really sure if I can give you an actual date because uh, we've been talking about trying to start actual uh, rolling of footage in either mid November, December, and so it's going to take six to eight months after all the footage is completed before we, you know, to go through the editing process and, and scoring. Oh, I see. So the so the footage from the trailer was shot strictly for the trailer. It's not taken from pre-shot footage for the movie. That is correct. Oh, oh boy, that's even more exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, oh, it, endless possibilities. Um, we there were quite a number of fans asking, you know, uh, you know, can we get plot points and stuff? And, and you know, there was a number of times when we had to say, you know, this is a proof of concept. This is what we're going to be doing. You know, this is the the look we're going for. And and so what you're seeing here in the sizzle trailer. Um, uh, a great many elements will end up in the final product, but some of these things are just, um, we really wanted to show you what we were capable of as far as, um, showing, you know, each of these guys, uh, you know, in their, you know, in the best light possible. So that's awesome. And this is also being directed by, uh, David Wald, who is the flight coordinator on Supergirl. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and David actually, uh, started off on Power Rangers. He was, um, no uh, yeah, he was one of the, the stunt guys. He was the Blue Rangers stunt double for a while. Um, so uh, he's he's very familiar with uh, the the tone of the, of the show, and and um, he and Johnny both did a great job as far as like uh, bringing their stunt team on and and um, uh, doing all the fights and stuff. It was it was really great to watch them. Well, it's going to be great to watch this movie. I got to say, it's just so fantastic to see how 
you guys are, uh, you know, not only listening, but giving back to the fans in such a way mm-hmm. like I've never really seen. It's and that, that, fantastic. That, that, and thank yeah, you. Yeah, that, that's, that's Karen's main driving thing about, you know, trying to get everybody together is because this, this really is for the fans. I mean, um, because they, they've wanted to see us all back together. And so this is the, the best that we can do because um, trying to do something uh, under the Power Rangers banner is probably not going to happen because of sure. rights issues and all that kind of stuff. So this is this is the next best thing. So It is, too. You get to see everyone all together fighting like you used to see oh, them yeah. fighting and stuff. And the fighting in that trailer was so awesome. So I mean, awesome. you've yeah. seen, I don't know, you've seen familiar, like, fighting styles and mm-hmm. moves and stuff even, you know, from those, oh, I'm getting tingly. I don't know Walter's <laughs> going to be doing his hip-hop fighting. <laughs> Oh man, uh, David, deliver on uh, that, please. Deliver on that. We'll see. We'll see. I, you know, I, I think I think uh, Walter may be a little bit more vicious than you think. So, Ooh, wow, I love that intrigue yeah. right there. For people listening at home, where's where's the best place for them to go to check out uh, more details on the project or to view the trailer? Um, uh, that would be www.the-order-movie.com. Very cool. And we'll also put uh, links up on the website. Was there a, a handle, like a social media handle for the movie itself? Uh, yeah, Instagram, it's uh, at The Order Movie. I think Twitter is the same thing. And there's a Facebook page for The Order Movie. So. Awesome. Well, we're going to link all those. We'll put them on the website. All included. All included. I cannot wait to see this movie. David, thank you so much for coming back and being with us well, today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be back. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to CanDairPodcast.com, where the main page you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes, see the Wall of Justice, visit some, uh, the, go to the videos page and see some of our YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And for those of you who are wanting to get a hold of us to promote an upcoming Kickstarter, please do so before the Kickstarter starts. We're booked into November now, so um, we're getting a lot of requests to promote Kickstarters that are happening before then. So just to, just to put that little bug in your ear there. Uh, find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Can underscore Air. And like Jack said, don't forget to check out that YouTube page. A lot of good stuff happening on there. And uh, we're going to try to, we're going to, not going to try, we are going to keep everyone up to date on what's happening with the order. And maybe, David, we can get you back on sometime. I would love that. That would be fantastic. And Kyle, maybe, I'd like to get you back on, too. <laughs> maybe we could, uh, maybe next week we'll do it on Tuesday so you can attend, if that's possible. <laughs> yeah, we'll find we'll out. See, we'll see about uh, that. But, as long as it's past noon, right? <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll be the key. <laughs> oh, he got you there. <laughs> Can you feel that burn? Oh, that's a wicked burn. <laughs> Zordon burn. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I, I love you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Kyle Pryor. And I'm David Field. Thanks for listening, everyone. protect you. Dad! Dad! Oh no, I can't find my dad! Hang on there, little Jimmy! Hey, it's Alpine! 
while you're waiting on your negligent parents to find you, why don't you pull out your mobile device and get on CandarePodcast.com? Shoot, it may even help him find you. Well, that makes no sense. Hey, what are you doing near my son? Time to split. G.I. Joe! I need a new phone. <laughs> they banned me off the Pokemon. They banned my Pokemans. <laughs> you know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of Seven Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.